Remember when it was expensive to buy an Apple product? Well, now it's expensive to buy an Apple, the produce. I mean, keeping up with the Joneses has become keeping up with the at-Joneses. And it's not just the financial cost, it's the cost to your mental health. This digital gap is growing along with stress and anxiety. And the anxiety that comes along with this is costing you more than anything else. Back to school for kids, back to school for adults, even if you're not going back to school and don't have kids. This is a notoriously tough time of year but I've got help for you. Also, when apples cost $5.99 a pound, they really should be able to connect to the internet, right? Her hair is curly, her teeth are pearly. She's got an edge, but she's still pretty girly. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes with Dahlia. In your quest for belonging and connection, how do you know if something is too expensive or worth it for your mental health? Where do you draw the line? Do you even draw the line? I get it. The pressures of modern day living, they're exerted on your body and your mind and they come at the expense of good health. And so I have something to help you. Well, someone and his name is Gabor Mate. And if you've never heard of him, you won't want to miss this upcoming special episode when the internationally renowned physician and speaker who's highly sought after for his expertise on addiction, trauma, childhood development, the relationship of stress and illness, when he joins us. He is the author of a number of best-selling books, such as When the Body Says No, The Cost of Hidden Stress. You may have heard your body say no, you just may not have listened to it, but he will tell you why you need to listen to it. There's Hold On To your kids, why parents need to matter more than their peers, his upcoming sure-to-be bestseller, The Myth of Normal. But most important about Gabor, he is a compassionate and brilliant human who understands why people are addicted. And as he says, 90% of people are addicts. The other 10% are lying to themselves. And I'm telling you, Gabor is going to open your eyes to your root cause of pain and suffering. And he can help you understand the tools you'll need to find your peace. So he will be joining us right here to talk about his latest work on the myth of normal, trauma, illness, healing in a toxic culture. And that's coming up very soon in a future episode But I've set this up today, this conversation between you and me. Thank you for listening, because I think I'm doing more of the conversing here. But this is considered one of the most anxious times of the year. The whole back to school. Back to school is really more like back to the future, because no matter how old you are, this time of year affects you. Whether or not you have kids, this time of year affects you. And it's always back to the future because you can never really keep up with anything, can you? Especially when we're living in this time. Like I said, it's not just about keeping up with the Joneses. It's about keeping up with the at Joneses now. I'm not even going back to school. I don't have kids. But this time of year is just in grain into me as being a tough time. 
I mean, summer, it's about nostalgia. It represents a time when things were so much more carefree. And then the start of school, the signals, okay, it's time to go back to work. It signals, oh, time is passing you by. Kids are getting older. You're getting older. Back to the grind changes. But there's just, there's just something that gives me a lot of anxiety to this day. And I cannot imagine being a kid now trying to keep up with what's going on. I mean, part of it is you actually have this animal brain type of thinking, right? It gives you this this need to fill a void or the desire to simply impress. And it can drive people to irrationally overspend on material items or just do these irrational things so that you can be part of the pack. But in a world that is full of irrationality, what seems irrational anymore, right? Anything seems worth it. Anything seems worth it just to be part of that pack that clings together in whatever sort of superficial way it does. And now you have this back to school, back to the store, buy more mentality. And most people can no longer afford all of this keeping up with the times. I this and I that, buy this and buy that. Parents go without so their kids can have. Think about it. When conformity is the cure for social anxiety, conformity is also the cause of it. Can you imagine if keeping up with others is a benchmark for your own success? You're doomed to fail. But what happens if living within your means brings out more mean from others? That's where we live. We live at this confusing intersection in life where everyone buys into that whole be yourself mantra while wearing be yourself imprinted t-shirts. How can you possibly be yourself? And just thinking back to how challenging things were for me as a kid, I cannot imagine being a kid today or the challenges of parenting a kid through all of this. Like, I grew up in a poor household. Yeah, we had food, we had shelter, but I was fully aware that things were not good financially. And at any moment, that food and that shelter could go. And so at four years old, four years old, I'd hide food under my bed just to make sure we had some the next day. I'd wear my big brother's hand-me-downs, sweaters that I cut even shorter so they'd be dresses on me. Scissors came in really handy back then, but imagine nowadays. I couldn't even have cut a paperclip into an iPhone. I would have been so left out educationally. And here is somebody who's thinking that a paperclip could somehow be cut into an iPhone, so you can tell I really wouldn't have been able to make it through these times, socially or educationally. And back then, I was left out because because of something so simple, like other kids had erasers, and their erasers were in the shapes of fruits that smelled like them too. And I had the erasers on the tip of my pencil. So I was never allowed in the pinnacle of social circles, the eraser club. Yes. What person can say they weren't even cool enough to be in the eraser club? But now, 
But now, <laughs> what's it like for a kid to fit in amidst every device, outfitting your device in the proper case, outfitting your body in the coolest clothes? Today, the pinnacle of circles is found atop social media. The pinnacle of education is found in access to technology. And the average kid is finding themselves under more and more pressure to keep up. And this isn't a rant on why tech is bad for kids and woe is me kids today. This is a look at how the digital gap is growing along with the stress and anxiety in this pursuit to be better. And in our pursuit to be better, what's worth it? Look, my niece and nephews, they have so much more material stuff than I ever could have hoped for. They're in a very different position than I was growing up. They're very privileged to have stuff, lots of stuff. But how much of a privilege is this? Like I remember when I gave my eight-year-old nephew this awesome present for his birthday, one I wished for at that age, and one I could never have had as a kid because of six letters, D-A-H-L-I-A. Yes, I gave him a sign for his bedroom door with his name on it because he too has a unique name, Ashley, except the H in his name makes sense to be there, whilst the H in mine is just probably my parents messing with you. But I digress. So this is a great gift, right? Well, mistake number one, <laughs> I made it. Mistake number two, it wasn't an I gift. I should have known. After all, my niece, she had a smartphone pretty late in life, you know, at the age of six. By 10 years old, she was on her third one, probably because she lulled the first two to death. And I'm not bitter that when I was her age, my mom, Giver, made me dolls out of towels and elastic bands wrapping around their heads so they could have flowy dresses from the rest of the towel. And I'm not bothered that I used a Walkman cassette player up until a few years ago, even while my niece and nephews used their I-whatevers. I'm simply confused. First, when did kids become equipped like adults? Second, when did lol become an actual word used in verbal conversation? Well, you use it, not me. And no, my use of it there did not count. Thank you very much. Anyone's use of it should never count. And third, oh my goodness, when did I become my parents? Like kids today. And I was actually about to start a sentence like that. Let's change this around. So, um... <laughs> Children today, there, that's uh, so much better. Children today are very different than those of my generation. Granted, my family was very different than, I guess, normal families of our generation growing up listening to eight tracks while everyone else listened to cassette tapes. I can just picture you Googling those words right now if you're under the age of 25. But it's just that there's so much progress now and it's just so rapid that it's not just the Joneses that people are trying to keep up with anymore. It's the technology. And it's wonderful that young people have the world at their fingertips. It gives them a quantifiable advantage over earlier generations. But it's also a pretty huge disadvantage 
People speak in GIFs and emojis, memes have replaced spoken cliches, and your mobile device generation is more than just a valuable tool for education. It's, it's a status symbol. I just read an article on the importance of an iPhone for education. And it said, if you have an iPhone with a front-facing true-depth camera, such as the iPhone 13 or 13 Pro, then your selfie game is very much on point. Your selfie game is very much on point? This is from an educational article. Selfies are part of education? I mean, yeah, okay, they should be, just probably not in the way you think. They are a huge insight into how people feel, but we're oddly trained to click like on selfies instead of danger, danger. I'm worried for this person's health. I mean, if I see a selfie of someone on Facebook, I don't think, wow, that person is so happy. I think, wow, can I hug you? Can I do something to make you feel better right now? Because I don't think you're feeling that great. Happy people don't go to Facebook to say they're happy. They're just too busy doing happy. What about, what about self-expression? A type that won't get likes or retweets. Does that matter? These days, for instance, most kids will do their homework on the computer if they have the privilege of being able to afford it. But does anyone experiment with penmanship anymore? And this isn't one of those conversations about, oh, kids aren't learning cursive writing in school, and so we were so much better. This is about expression and learning your expression and connecting with it in more organic ways. Through my tweens, though we didn't call ourselves tweens. We were just children because we weren't marketed to back then in the same way tweens are today. So through my tweens, preteens, teens, whatever you want to call it, I changed my writing style countless times. I had bubbly writing. I had this circle dotting the I. I was writing smaller. I was pressing lighter. I was pressing harder, writing bigger, doing all of these things to figure out what's my writing style. And in the end, I think that it kind of helped me to develop a pretty cool autograph, which doesn't really matter because no one asks for autographs anyways. They ask for selfies and no one really asks for my selfie. So I guess they wouldn't ask for my autograph even if they knew I was able to do a really a pretty cool one. And I guess that all I need to know how to sign my name for is for writing checks. And well, yeah, we don't do that anymore anyway. So okay, but whatever the case, it's not about writing these days. Today it's about texting speed, GIFs, emoji selection. Collections. Emojis are the new grammar, and by today's standards, my grammar, I guess, is obsolete. Games have become gaming, because really, who plays games anymore? As a kid, I would often play with my brothers or alone, and I'd make up these games with clever names, like one game was called When. That's it, just When. W-H-E-N. Another was called Celery. Another was Carrot. Celery and Carrot were card games, to be fair. And then there was Waitress, which I used those, t- those cute little dolls my mom Giver made for me so that I would just sit them down and I would play for hours asking them, so what do you want to eat? 
What do you want to order? That was me chewing gum, pretending that I had gum as a kid. It was all part of a game. We made stuff up. We played. You played. I played. And I'm not just talking about this in a kid sort of way. I'm talking about all of this in a bank accounts today sort of way. We need to make more stuff up. We need to play in a, in a time when onions, the poor man's food, cost about $4 a pound. The cost of technology and entertaining ourselves with it and keeping up with it is eating us alive. And sure, things aren't just about tech. There's extracurricular. There are kids who are enrolled in extracurricular activities if their parents can afford it. My niece and nephews, for instance, they're involved in other things besides I this is and I that's. And that's, that's a whole other story. How just something as simple as a dance competition has changed. It used to be like buy your tap, your jazz and or ballet shoes and maybe a couple of competition costumes. Now the cost of good dance classes is almost no, it is prohibitive, and competitions themselves are outrageously at the cost and scale of beauty pageants. The last time I saw my niece perform at her dance showcase, this is already a few years ago, this is prior to the whole COVID no more going to dance recital things, a voice comes over the PA, and it announces to the audience, full of empty-pocketed parents, I'm sure, purchase tonight's $40 video of your child so your child can watch back all of his or her mistakes. There are so many things wrong with that sentence and too few emojis to express how it makes me feel. Here's a fun Friday night. Let's just sit and watch that dance video of you and all of the mistakes you made. I don't even know what's more offensive in that statement, the comment on watching your children's mistakes or the fact that you have to pay $40 for a video that your camera can probably capture in the dark, moving at the speed of light, given the amount of money you pay for it on that phone. I now expect that that is what your camera would be able to do. But I digress because we live in a society that pushes its young to be better, bigger, stronger, skinnier, prettier, richer, and more advanced than the next person. And this quest itself is just so filled with sabotage that we find kids who are in their own world yet constantly under the scrutiny of the entire world. We find kids who push their limits too often only by pushing buttons. We find kids who are left out because their parents can't afford to keep them in. And we find kids whose parents can't afford to keep them in, but still sacrifice everything and more to do so. And we find kids who are geniuses, who can't describe anything without the word amazing. And we find kids kids who don't have a concept of money but can't live without it. We find kids who will always be better than we are and not good enough to compare to what we once were. And in a world where next generation is anything just months apart, this technological gap between generations is growing at a mind-numbing pace, in effect shortening the time span between generations. 
so I will probably never catch up to my niece and nephews, and they will probably never catch up to me either. But whatever, I'm so behind on everything I need to do, I will never catch up to where I need to be, because there's always something to do, isn't there? And We don't even measure our worth on what we've done or what we strive to do. We measure our worth on how much we are like others and how much they like us or like our social media posts or socially encouraged purchases. So you may not be able to fill that digital gap. You may not be able to fill your digital shopping cart either. But just remember... When it comes to cost, if it costs you your peace, no matter how much money you have, it's too expensive. It's not worth it. So there you have it. That's that's not my rant on technology. That's not my rant on kids today. I I'm still a little disappointed in myself for starting a sentence like that. But this is not a rant at all. This is a fear. This is a fear at how things are becoming so expensive. And it's not just our bank accounts that are taking the hit. This is probably more expensive for your mental health than anything else. So no matter how much money you have or how little money you have, this is taking so much more away from you than you have. And what's it giving back to you? Just just think about that while, yep, yep, Gabor Mate is coming. We need him. You need him. I need him. And good luck with back to school, whether or not you're going back. We all have a lot of learning to do. Like, again, seriously, if apples cost $5.99 a pound, why in the world don't they come with an internet connection too? Right? Think about it. So thank you for dropping by the Neighboralia. You can always drop by my Instagram too, at Dahlia Kurtz. Say hi, say help, say whatever you need, except if you need to keep up with the at Joneses or those cool kids in the Eraser Club, because mm, yes, and stay tuned for Gabor Mate. If you don't want to miss him, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Bonus, subscribers may get to cuddle my pup. Non-subscribers, you get the cat. Now go step away from your device. Go live and help live. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Neighboralia.